What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Hollywood Tales, where my guests come on, talk about themselves a little bit, and then we ask them their best Hollywood tale, which you're going to hear today. Welcome, Faraz. Faraz is an old friend of mine. Um, good to be up, here. Dude? Yeah, thanks for what's making up, time. Man? Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. Like I feel like I've been sat in the studio for a minute, so I feel a little... Uh, you know, a little rickety. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just used to getting up late these days. So like for me, like getting anywhere by 11 a.m. is like, all right, let's pound like a whole, I know, man. Thanks, thanks for making time. I try to bank, or we try to bank. By the way, give it up for Wolf Ramirez over here, our uh, videographer, producer, editor. Thanks for uh, being here with us, Wolf. Yeah, no, it's good. It's got. I I try. I'm trying to get better at getting up early. Like, there's no excuse to not be up and moving and doing yeah. things by like 10 No, in the morning, I know. You well, know? you know, but we're night people. We're comics and we're always yeah. thinking and writing. And um, so we try to bank. You've been here to uh, jam in the van. Yeah, we've done a few shows back there. Yeah, they just built this podcast studio, which is awesome. So we've been trying to bank episodes every week. I try to do like four, three or four in a day. Mm -hmm. So I figured let's start early. I figured you're the earliest riser of all the, yeah. all the yeah. guests that I have. You know what's crazy is what I used to do when I was personal training. Like, right, because that's and what you I, trained me at one point. And I did train you at one point. You got pretty ripped. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the most jacked 50 year olds <laughs> you'll, ever, you'll ever meet. 51, dude. actually. 51. Yeah. Damn, when did you turn 51? When's your birthday? June 27th. Coming oh. up. Coming up. Yeah. There we I'll go. 52. Damn, son. Making it, look, making it look easy. I feel like I'm falling apart at uh, 34, dude. You look good. You look young for 34. Thanks. Things are, I've got plantar fasciitis right now, man. I feel like... I've had that, dude. It's dude, the it's, worst. It Which sucks. Foot? It's on my left foot. Ugh. Yeah. I just, so so what is it? A bone spur, if I remember correctly? Or? It can cause bone spurs, but it's on the bottom of your foot near the heel. So if you have like sharp heel pain, a lot of people think they might have like hurt their heel, but really it's the tiny muscle under your foot. Dr. Ozell here with us this <laughs> afternoon yeah. at the jam of the van. <laughs> yeah. So I've just been fixing that, do you, man. Do you put the golf ball... They say they say step on a golf ball and roll it around on your. Bro, um, I went ham. I spent like forty five minutes on Amazon, an hour watching physical therapy videos on YouTube. What and did I, you, I got this? So like, what do you do? I I got a. So the, the biggest things are you want to make your calf looser because if you so a right. lot of times your body's a kinetic chain, right? So if you have pain in one area, it doesn't right. mean that's the area that's hurting. Right. Another area is tight. Sure. Your and, knee or your exactly. Right. So with with plantar fasciitis or a lot of foot pain or or even knee pain, a lot of the time it's linked to your calf being super fucking right. tight. I remember I had yeah. it for a couple months. So I have a Theragun. You use one of those? Oh the, yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, I yeah. got the good one. So I just jammed the shit out of that all over my calf. Is it massage. working? Yeah, it's feeling better. And I bought these forty-five dollar insoles that just came off Amazon yesterday. Do you think you got plantar's? What is it? Plantar's fasciitis? Plantar fasciitis. Plantar plantar, plantar fasciitis. fasciitis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think you got it from? Because um, I got mine from tra when I was traveling a lot. Yeah, around the world, just like literally with your bag from in and out of airports, yeah. checking in out of hotels, like you're just doing a lot of walking. That's so true, dude. I, I'll sometimes when I'm on the road heavy, and you know, there's like for comedy, it's like there's days and weeks where you feel like I don't know if I'm a professional comedian or just a professional traveler. traveler. Like right. I just live, <laughs> I just live in airports. Like right. 98 percent of my time yeah. is just airports or planes, and then I'm on stage for like 45 minutes, right. and that's it. You know. But I got it. Um, I was in Hawaii last week. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. You were which island? Big Island. Which is the which is called? Uh, the it's Big just island. it's just yeah. That's the thing about Big Island. It's just called the Big Island of Hawaii, or even technically that like is. I thought Kona Hawaii? was considered the Big Island, no? No, so Kona, Kona, Kailua Kona is where you fly into on Big Island. Oh, um, Kauai is like another really big island that's kind of the most um, 
like untouched, like straight Jurassic Park shit. You yeah. Know? And but you and your girl went. Me and my girl and a bunch of my buddies, we went out there. And Big Island's interesting because it's the most like rural of the island. So you got the least amount of tourists other than Kauai. But you got that perfect blend of like nature and not as many tourists, but still enough stuff going yeah. on. It looked like you guys were doing a lot of cool shit, man. We're, I went scuba diving. Yeah. Last time I was there, I went scuba diving with uh, nighttime manta ray scuba diving. So you go out at night with 50 other divers. You sit on the ocean floor. They put big-ass floodlights in the middle. They call I've it a campfire. Yeah, yeah. And these giant and they, they, manta rays. come? Just, like three and manta I, rays. They're yeah. attracted to the light, I guess? Well, the light attracts the plankton. And they eat the plankton. Ah, so okay. it's like you're, you have the bait on the hook. That's like a weird ecosystem thing going on, right? Yeah. Human, human beings, you know, illuminate, illuminating light. <laughs> yeah. The light attracts these little, what are, yeah. they, what are they called? Plankton. The little like fish, I guess, or they're whatever. tiny as hell. Yeah, they're right? really, the really manta tiny. Yeah. Come in and eat the, and the, does anything eat the manta ray or... I guess you can't sharks. Really I don't know. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what eats manta ray. Humans <laughs> destroy the ocean. Humans, I guess. Right. Yeah, but then they uh, was well, kind of a funny story. So they come and they give you little flashlights too, so you can hold. Everyone has a flashlight in front of them, so there's some plankton, so you have a chance of the manta rays coming to you. Mm. And so we're sitting there, and the manta rays keep coming over me. Like, and there's like 50 divers. They're maybe going over other people once. I get them coming over me like three times, this close to my face, 15 you're like, feet. You're like Aquaman, bro. So my. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, and I'm, I'm holding my girlfriend's hand right while we're on the ocean floor, all cute and shit. And then when this we get, is on this recent trip, this was on the trip before this last, oh, but okay, the same okay. island. Right, right, right. Uh, this was two, three, just before pandemic. And then when we, when we get on shore, she's like, I feel like they could sense my love. This is a classic, like you know, like <laughs> girl. She's like all into astrology and shit. Her. Yeah, sweetie. God bless and her. And so she's like, I, I felt like every time we squeeze, I squeezed your hand, that's when they would come over. I was like, No, you want to know why they were coming over? I kept pissing myself, and the piss was attracting more plankton. Oh, that's so, so funny. every time I pissed, I was getting. Sweaty. <laughs> Swarmed my Did you tell her that? Yeah. What'd she say? She's, She's like, like, you ruined my moment. <laughs> yeah. I had an eat, pray, love moment. Yeah, it's or true. Eat, love, pray, whatever the fuck. That's true. When, the girl, when your girlfriend wants something to be about, you know, energy, yeah. just let her have it. Just, just let yeah, it be about the stars, astrology, energy. Don't, don't burst the She's bubble. She's like, you pissed all over my dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> I pissed all over the dreams. So, dude, so we've known each other, what, since like 20, I want to say 20... 11, 12, 12-ish, right? Yeah, 2012 sounds right. And where'd we meet? It was up at the uh, San Jose Improv, was it? Or? Comedy Palace, San Diego. Comedy Palace, San Which Diego. Which is no more. That's right. Rest in peace, Comedy Palace. I heard that it was uh, bought out and, and, call, and they, like, they renamed it. Yeah, I think... The, I think I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure some of the people who ran, uh, they run one of those really good comedy clubs in Arizona. They bought it out and they call it Mic Drop now. So mic drop. Oh, that's mic drop now. Yeah. Oh, so it's the newest. Because I saw something on Instagram about this mic drop place, but I didn't realize it was the Comedy Palace. Yeah, it looks. Comedy cool. Palace used to be like a like a Greek restaurant with a stage, basically, right? It was. It was a Greek. It was cool. I performed there many times. Yeah, I, I that was like my home club. So like one one thing I've always done, and in comedy and looking back, I realized I was doing it though I wasn't necessarily meaning to. Some of the time was kind of like. Going where they ain't, going mm. where people aren't trying to go. So off, the be off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, and like not worrying about going where like is the all the cool kids are going. Like, just what right. do I want? What will service that? Sure. You know. So like in San Diego, back when I started, now it's a booming scene. There's like five clubs. There's right. like you could do comedy seven nights a week if you right. wanted. When I was there, you could only do comedy three nights a week. Right. And when you were coming up, if you got up twice of those three opportunities, You're you were lucky. like, man, I'm really doing comedy this right. week. I got up twice. You know. 
There was the La Jolla was mainly where you wanted to get in, right? The La Jolla Comedy Store. Yeah, then Madhouse had some stuff going on there, in and out. American Comedy Club. American wasn't there yet. They oh, okay. American got started like the year I left, like 2000 and like late 2012, what, late 2013. Sorry, just uh, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. You lived in San Diego, not because you went to school there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did go to school. Yeah, there. UC San Diego. Oh, for some reason I thought because you're a no-cal guy, you went to Berkeley for some reason. No, no, I'm the one brown guy from NorCal that didn't go to, <laughs> didn't go to Berkeley. You, you went to UC, UCSD? UCSD. Right. Yeah. So Was it you, expensive? Um, You know, it's like... Back then. Back then, I mean, it's it's all relative, you know what I mean? Like, it's more 30, expensive. 40 grand a year? No, no, like, uh, I think it was one of the cheaper... I mean, it's still fucking expensive, America. It was like 20 but I mean, in terms a of, year. yeah, right. but in terms of public schools, right. I mean, the next down you go is state schools, which are like still going to cost you, I think like 10 or something. I thought UCSD um, was a, was a private, I'm like sweating no, for some reason. There's USD, which is, is there the, air conditioning going on? Yeah, there should be, yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like sweating for some reason, maybe because I'm drinking. You got that, you got your uh, strong cardiovascular system, bro. Your just metabolic heart rate is. I mean, I'm 51 and I look fantastic. And my body's <laughs> working against me right now. Shredded at 51. <laughs> I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bro, I remember one time when we went to the gym and um, and I wasn't sure how much you were going to be able to lift because you're like, oh, I haven't been to the gym in like six months or something. You're trying to get back into it. And we went on the bench and he just started throwing up like a plate and like like 160 pounds. Like, for like, like without even like, you hadn't been to the gym in six months. <laughs> Thanks. You were still like <laughs> you were still like forty years old or something at the time, and you just like were like just started pounding out plates plus. And I was like, the "Fuck is this guy made of?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't know how." I just you know what it is, man. I I just make up my mind. It's a mental thing. It's not, yeah. I don't really physically have the strength. Yeah. But in my head, I think I do. That's a lot of it. The mental right? strength. Yeah. One hundred percent. So let's 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 sidebar really quick. You went to San Diego State, right? UCSD. No, I'm sorry, UCSD. You yeah. got a degree in. Uh, I did poli sci and theater. Study both poli science right. theater, and yeah. then you applied for the FBI. No, I got, I got. Or you applied for CIA. CIA, excuse I, me. So what happened is I got into the CIA. So technically, I was a, a counterterrorist. I was hired as a counterterrorism analyst, <laughs> and I became I'm a. Sorry. And I settled but on. because you look like a handsome terrorist, he's <laughs> like the Ryan Gosling of ISIS. I would have killed. Guy. I would have. I would have infiltrated. <laughs> I would have infiltrated a lot of cells. <clears throat> Did you, do you speak? Uh, what is it? You're Afghani and Pakistani. I speak Urdu. You speak Urdu fluently. Yeah. yeah. It's rusty now, though. You know what I mean? Like, Say something in Urdu. We'll, we'll subtitle it. <laughs> oh, man. Don't insult me. Don't insult you? T- say something and then tell me what you said. Okay. Uh, I'm going to podcast with you. I'm going to podcast with you. Hollywood Tales. <laughs> that sounds like a threat. <laughs> I'm sure my pronunciation was like dog shit. Anyone who speaks... like, I will kill you after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ahmed Ahmed done. <laughs> he's, he's uh, I did a little shout out, a little plug for all your uh, fans in uh, Punjab. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you, know? you know they're all watching. They're all watching, man. The hottest, uh, hottest fucking podcast at coming to Karachi. Well, let, let's even go backwards. You're yeah. half Pakistani, half Afghani. I'm a quarter Afghan, quarter Kashmiri, and half Pakistani. And who's who in your family? My dad is Pakistani. My mom. I met your dad who's super smart and funny and whimsical. Thanks, yeah, thanks. He has a shitty kind of little... <laughs> he likes to jab people with his funny. Yeah, he has a funny sense of humor. He'll, yeah, give, you some, he'll give you some zingers. Are you in your head? Did you really apply for the CIA or did you really do This really happened. No, I just did a lot of acid. <laughs> did a lot of acid. No, uh, I got in. This is how it happened. So I wish it was a sexier story. I'm going to the, I didn't plan on doing this necessarily. I was going to the career fair at UCSD. So on the main walk, they have a career fair twice, one, twice a year. You're going down, 
every company, big companies. What does have, that mean? Like they're setting up booths, and you yeah. go from booth to booth, and you get a give your resume, plan. shake a hand, right. hope you get an co- interview or it's something. Almost like doing college gigs for right. Isn't yes, it? like an like expo, a NACA. exactly like a NACA, which I've done a lot of. So it's like an expo hall, right? Gazebos. Everybody got their little white pop up tents, right? So I'm walking down, and I'm like, there's this big-ass law firm, and there's a fucking Geico, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, HD Supply, like, you know, big things. And you're looking at what looks good. And then I see, I swear to God, it's a, it's just a white pop-up, $100 gazebo tent, and on a white piece of printer, printer paper, it just says CIA, taped to the fucking gazebo tent. So I go up to him, and I'm like, is this like... <laughs> is this like is this a, a joke? Yeah, I'm like, is this like VCIA, or does it stand for like something else, you know? He's like, no, we're the CIA. So hold on. So you're they're scouting students, and students are scouting. Yeah. Right? So then, but you exchange information right there, I guess. Yeah, or? I gave him my resume. I just talked to him for a little bit, and I told him about what I've been up to. You know, I did poli sci. I had a very good GPA. You know, I was like, what was your GPA? Like a three nine. So like, I was like, not good enough. Not good enough. I was down point one from a four zero. Yeah. So like, and then I also, <laughs> and then I also, uh, I also like I. I interned for Schwarzenegger in D.C. working on like climate policy. I, I didn't know that. I studied uh, international politics in Budapest. And, what like, was my, it like interning uh, for Schwarzenegger? Did you meet him? And I, guess... I, got, I got to meet him once because he was always in California and I was in D.C. Right. Oh, I so see, I did not know all this fucking stuff. Yeah, man. So because the governor catch me up. The governor he they they work in California most of the time. So I was in D.C. I was working at his office, but I was on Capitol Hill every day. So I was in Congress and Senate like every single day tracking suit, what, tie, suit, tie you every were that day. Guy? Yeah, I was, uh, was a Washington, D.C. intern. So I was there just tracking what they thought about different policy, different legislation that was important for California to know about. But you're an intern, reports. so you're not getting paid. Nope. So how do you make so it? How, how are you surviving? It's like a lot like comedy. <laughs> you know, you're doing the work and you're not getting much. Well, I was in school still. So it was like my tuition, my normal school tuition was being, it was just the same, but I happened to be in but DC. But you were in school in San Diego. You did have a program called UCDC where you were able to transfer. <coughs> it's almost like a study abroad, but you're going to DC to do a political internship. So you're getting credits. So I was getting college credits while there. But who paid there. for you to live there? Um, just the same way I paid for college and stuff. My dad helped me out. Your and dad, yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah, stuff like that. So it was like rich parents, rich parents, you know, blessed privilege, brown privilege, bro. <laughs> brown privilege is a great thing, you know, because what happens is not many of us out there. Not, yeah. Sorry, this, this sign isn't, it's this, not, this is integral. Stable. Yeah, yeah. We can't even talk unless this is the perfect angle. Well, no, it might drop at some point, which yeah. means we made a, we made a canceled moment. That's what happens. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, like I met him one time and when I met him, I was all excited to meet him. You know, I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like everybody loved him for some reason or another, yeah. right? Whether you went to his movies or his politics or the Speedo phase. No, <laughs> like he you're was into fucking it. Schwarzenegger. He's still the man. Yeah, dude. So I thought in my head, I thought I'd be like, it's great to finally meet you, Governor. And he'd be like, I heard you're the greatest intern that ever lived. You know, and I'd jump in his arms and he'd be like, let's cuddle in the chopper. <laughs> you he know? picked you up. And like, he picked me up. He's like, yeah. So I meet him. This is literally what happens, though. So I, I meet him and I shake his hand, right? So I say, it's great to finally meet you, Governor. And then he grabs my hand and he just, I swear to God, for like 35 seconds, he just goes, ah, 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 intern, <laughs> we have an intern. He just keeps laughing and smiling and shaking my hand. And in the last like 35 seconds, maybe there was a little bit more to that. Yeah. Behind his yeah. handshake. Yeah. He was just coming. <laughs> just coming yeah. all the, no, I, I was can't. just, I Does was he just have big hands. He had huge hands, but he's actually short. Yeah. I've seen him because he, I've seen him around Venice Beach. I look, really? Yeah. I've seen a ride yeah. his bike around Venice. You know what's long. interesting about Schwarzenegger or guys like that is like their their energy is so massive. Yeah, he's charismatic. They seem bigger they than seem life. huge. Yeah. Even when he enters the room, he seems big. And it's not until he's this close to you yeah. that you realize you're looking down so at what Arnold is he, Schwarzenegger. Like five ten. 
Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah he's probably around 5'10". What are you, 6'1", 6'2"? I'm a little over 6, like yeah. an inch or two over 6, but it's like, unless my posture is bad. But um, yeah, when I, it was cool to meet him. You know what's really interesting about meeting Arnold is because um, when you're around a bunch of senators and those types in, Hall- in, in D.C., they're kind of like A-list celebrities in their own Absolutely. industry, right? They, yeah. they have that magnanimous sort of charismatic personality. People are drawn to them. It takes something to be a fucking senator. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when Arnold would walk in the room, the senators would be fangirling over him. Like, senators were popping their head out of the offices. Well, it helps like, that you were a blockbuster movie star for fucking two-thirds of your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. And then, and then you walk into a room. Yeah, and he just controlled it like that. Like, right. if he was a citizen, he could have been president, for sure. So I feel like there are certain people that were placed on this planet that just were given that charisma. Some, like yeah, Obama, some... I think, is one of those guys. I met Obama. Yeah. That that motherfucker, it's like Black Elvis walked in the room. Yeah. Everybody was swooning. I was at a dinner at the White House, and I met him, and, yeah. and, and I shook his hand. He had big hands, too. Yeah. And we were about the same height. He, I'm 6'2", and he was about 6'2". But he just had this like glow and this like radiance about him, and I was just like... I was in awe. Mm-hmm. Not because he was. I met the president, because I met this guy who... like you know, is changing history basically and, and is part of history. Yeah, 100%. He, I could watch him do anything. Like just, a historical, it's like meeting Martin, Martin, Martin Luther King or like Yeah, he's amazing. Malcolm he's incredible. X, I mean, that's the know. thing too. To, to become the first black president, it's like, do you realize what you have to have inside of you? Like in every way, shape and form. Charisma. It, charisma, it's intelligence, up, yeah. leadership. You have to have yeah. everything on tens to, to accomplish that goal and he did it. It's like, yeah, it's an incredible person. Have I just started watching his uh, Netflix nature documentary. documentary have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It just, he makes everything sound majestic. What? Well, his voice is very, yeah. uh, Now the grass is growing ever greener. The sun <laughs> shines down on the plants, causing the birds to come. You can talk about literally anything. He's like, dust is building on my desk. <laughs> I grab a wipe, clean it all off. You're just That's like, an applause break. He's like, give him a fucking Emmy. Uh, what, uh, so you, so you finish your internship and then you pivot where? Um... Back to San Diego. Back to San Diego, and which is I, where I met you at the Comedy Palace. Yeah, right? so this was you. So this is post DC. You met me about six months after graduation. You, you met me actually. I met you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, uh, yeah, one hundred percent did. I was like, I told the Booker. I'm fucking around. Bro. No, I told the Booker. I was like, hey man, fan of a meta meds. Think we'd have a lot in common. We'd love to open for him if the if the spot's open. And he's like, sure. So I requested that weekend to to open for him. That's why I met him. There you have it. You got which is a it's Hollywood all, lesson. It's all paper. You don't get what you don't ask for. A lot of people are scared to ask for shit when you're at a lower level. You know right. what I mean? Don't be stupid. Ask for shit that well, you maybe you know, deserve. You, you'd be shocked. Sometimes yeah. there there are people out there that will say yes. Most people will say no. They've, I've I've been rejected. One hundred percent. And that you, but you have to be okay with that in this town, yeah. right? Squeaky wheel gets the grease. But if you don't get any fucking grease, go look for some more grease elsewhere. Don't sit around and pout about it. You know so, what I mean? So we meet at the Comedy Palace. We exchange numbers. We we stay friends. Yeah. And then we just kind of stayed connected. And then you were kind of lingering around in the L.A. comedy scene. You were personal training. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm... and I was living up in the Hollywood Hills, and I can't remember how it came about. But I said, Hey, will you? Yeah, you come started, train me. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't remember know, a the, couple the, days a week, or I can't remember the transition. Yeah, the time the timeline gets. I know I'm kind of confused. It was like twenty somewhere in the timeline 13. between. So I'm trying to remember if I had already done a few road dates, open if middling for you, and then we you, we were training on the road. I think around, yeah, probably yeah. It was we all went to the gym. Yeah, I think we went to the gym together when we were out of town, and yeah. you were like, "This is cool. You want to train me when we get back yeah. into town?" And I was like, "Let's do it." So then we were just like working. And I was out. on a TV series at the time, so I could afford you. Yes. 
Yeah. So that was, yeah, the training thing, you know, what's funny about how I got back. So I was training in college when I, that was my college job. Right. And then when I graduated, I got into the CIA and, um, I got into law school and I, and I put both Which of them on hold. School? I think I was going to go to American university in mm -hmm. DC because mm -hmm. I want to go back to DC and they, I want to do international relations. Um, and I figured I could package that with CIA. So shit. the CIA vetted you and they're like, yeah, so this is what happened. Just to wrap that story up. Yeah. I give I go to the CIA. I give him my resume. We We're talk about webbing so many different topics, I know. Right? There's so much <laughs> classic. And we haven't even smoked weed. So uh <laughs> see yet. see this one we're high. Uh so I give the guy my uh resume and um, you know, we talk a little bit and then I'm walking away and he literally comes out and like follows me down. He grabs me like four booths later. He's like, Hey man, we just took a look at your resume and talked to my colleague. This is like looks like really promising. I'm gonna fast track this to my superiors. Expect a call later tonight from a block oh, number. Wow. If you get any calls from block number, answer them. And I'm like, okay. From a block number. Yeah, I'm like that, all right. That could be happening. the CIA or your ex girlfriend. Yeah, or just one of the nine thousand <laughs> scams you get. Or someone really wants to contact Spam me about my extended risk. warranty. Right, right. <laughs> you know. And so I get a call that evening, and they're like, hey, you know, this is great. We want to schedule interviews for you. So what ends up happening is I go, I do like three different standardized tests, sort of like IQ tests and other sorts of exams. I have to give up two different presentations, like 20-minute presentations on how I would solve different Where, in the crises. CIA building in DC? No, they, they rent an office at UCSD. Oh, they rent a room oh, and wow. conduct interviews out of the campus. This is fascinating. I had no yeah. idea. Because UCSD has a... Wolf? UCSD has a really good political science program. So I, I'm sure they do it at a lot of places that have really good political science or, you know, just who knows? I don't know. So anyway, I do that. I give two presentations on how it solve world crises. Uh, three, actually. One about South American drug trade. The other is about, was about cyber terrorism emerging from China and the domino effect. You and give a presentation on these Yeah, 20-minute things about what the problem is and ways we could solve them. And the third right. one was... Uh, <laughs> and was <laughs> all... This is the thing. When I was in college, I was like, when I was in college, I like part. I was a personal trainer. I was president of fraternity. I partied a lot, but I also got up every day and read the whole Wall Street Journal at like 9 a.m. every single day. So I was like really, really into politics and international relations, which is why so much of my stand-up is socio-political. Sure. You know what I mean? That's the, that's one of the reasons I got into stand-up. I always liked guys like John Stewart, George Carlin. Like that's the reason I wanted to do any of this. You know. Um, but anyway, so the one of the presentations I gave was about Afghanistan, and interesting enough. It's like I told him straight up, I was like, you'll never win in Afghanistan because these guys, there's no winning. It's part of the culture. to right. you, you grow up seeing your friends dying, fighting invaders. Yeah, you it's, live and die, born a Muslim, die a Muslim. And it's, and it's, as, much a part of the, it's as much a part of the culture. To, My dad to, used to always tell me that. <laughs> you were born a Muslim, you will die a Muslim. I'm like, was that a threat? <laughs> You're like, Dad, we're at Baskin Robbins. <laughs> Can we just get ice cream? I'm watching cartoons. Yeah, like this is a weird time I'm for this nine. lesson. It's a weird time for this lesson, man. Yeah, I'm nine years old, Dad. <laughs> My He's, dad used to tell me some heavy shit when I was yeah. a kid, like talking about Day of Judgment and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm literally trying to watch Tom and Jerry right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, Muslim dads love getting deep, dude. <laughs> was it, your dad like that? My dad would just get like philosophical about like lessons. But your dad was more like modern than my dad, I think. Yeah, and he, yeah, he was, yeah, he was very, very modern, dude. And he just always had a really like light sense of humor to him. And dark sense of humor in him too, in a funny and hilarious way. He heckled you recently at some. I saw you at some like <laughs> open like stage that had no seats. And he was. You were like, hi. And he was like, yeah. you suck. Yeah, that was a little sketch we just did. But he's down, so he's just down to do a sketch. I'm like, you want to do this sketch, or you just tell me I suck in this camera? And he's like, let's do it. You know what I mean? He likes it. So, um, but anyway, that's this to wrap this CIA thing up. I uh, I did all that. They, they hit me up, and one day I get a call, and he's like, this is Vitor. You're, you're, you're a recruitment officer from the agency. And I was like, your name's Vitor? Like, there's no way this is a real name. Um, 
and stage name. In that's his stage name. Yeah. Also, that's the funny thing. When they give you their cards, there's only first names on their cards. Of course. Maybe a letter, a last name letter. And you don't know if it's real, right? It's like Vitor S for like Jack K. And that's a card. Then, uh, so um, I kept their cards for it. But anyway, so he's like, hey, we, and here's the thing. So I, it all happened and they were like, we think you're great, blah, blah. We want to, I think you're, we're going to fast track you, this and that. You should, and one of them says, so when I left, they said, you're one of the top candidates here. And it normally takes a year for background checks and everything to vet you completely. Just stay patient and, you know, we'll probably contact you in a year. So I said, cool, I'm going to defer my law school acceptance for a year. I'm going to, uh, I've been doing stand-up since I was 19. And I was like, why wouldn't you just, just like go to law school until they called you? Cause I wanted to do stand-up. I wanted to see what it was like. You know, I was just graduating college and I was like, cool, let me get a solid year of just, you know, hitting the ground hard. And for what made you want to be a stand-up? Um, ever since I was, you know, I, like what, what triggered you? Because I'll tell you what triggered me. Eddie Murphy delirious. Mm, interesting. When I watched that special, I was like, I could do that. Yeah. I think John's, I think John Stewart and Greg Giraldo. I think guys who talked about shit that was, I was talked about shit time, that was yeah. going on in the world sure. and drawed attention to it and, uh, or drew attention to it in a, in an interesting way. And I just wanted to make stuff that maybe make people think about matters in a slightly different way, you know, and yeah. kind of build bridges between people in a way where maybe people stop yelling at each other and, and find some common ground, but or also stop shooting, stop shooting at know? each other, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, that's let's not wild. make, let's not make ridiculous demands. Okay. It's America. That's uh, so crazy. What happened? I'm so sad about yeah. the news. It's hard to, it's hard to do, you know, if you have shows on those types of nights or if you had an idea to post anything funny and it's, it's, you just are, that kind of shit deflates any sort of comedic Everything. sensibility I have in me. And more and more as well, I get older, too. Did you see too, the coach you know? for, um, who was the basketball coach? Warriors, yeah. Steve, Steve Kerr? Yeah, Steve Kerr. I believe yeah, he yeah. did like a post-show or pre-show like press conference, and people were like, what do you think of the game? And he's like, this is not about the game. Yeah. Did you see that interview? I did, yeah, I did. It, you was, know- it was powerful because he literally just sidebarred everything and deferred everything over to the moment, which I thought was cool. Totally, man. I mean, because how do you exactly? He's probably, ta- you know, it's echoing kind of what I'm feeling. It's like, how do you, how do you talk about anything else on that day? Like, you yeah. know, it's even days after or weeks after. You're just kind of like, I was just listening to this podcast, just summing up all about it. And it's like, oh, and everyone, and you know, what's the worst thing is we're all like, oh, what can we do about it? What could we do about it? And not to be like a not negative, but it's like I don't know if you fucking can do anything. Like, you betu- can. No, betu- you can. I just think that our you know, look, I don't want to get all political, but our legislation, they're just, they're not allowing, <clears throat> you know, to, to put their fucking, like, draw a line in the sand. And For say, sure. Hey, that's that's know, part of... Vet, vet these teenagers who are buying uh, guns. I mean, that's what I'm saying, right? I think that's the common ground, hopefully, just to sum it up, is just make it harder for people to buy guns who aren't qualified to buy guns. We're not taking anyone's rights. You can bear arms. Just be a... A, it's like going through the TSA age. and taking your shoes off. Yeah. Like, Why? You know what? We're going to ask you to take your shoes off, take off your belt, take everything out of your pockets. Like you need to, we need to vet who's going through security and who's going to get the fucking pass. Right. It's 100%. And especially if you're going to be able to buy a bigger gun, like an AR-15. Maybe right. that should like be. Like if you're going to fly private. 100%. You if you're going to have a higher <laughs> thing, you got to get vetted a little bit more. I don't understand why that's so crazy for people to understand. And these simple answer is special interest group and lobbyists, right? It's all It's all, it's all about NRA and all that bullshit, and we all know the arguments. But the reason it's 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 so frustrating is just because I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon, you know? And it's just how do we, how do we live... I don't, I don't know. know. I, How do think, we live with that? I think there's going to be, I think the needle's going to move a little bit after this last incident. Cause, it's, uh, you know, yeah. 
they just have to. You know, look, we live in a, we live in a country where the the the, the 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 biggest time that happened, something like this happened, um, next to this one that just happened, was like Sandy Hook, right? And the amount of people that came out claiming that it didn't even happen, that it was actors and it was staged and it was a conspiracy. Yeah, that's a huge, huge thing amongst like fringe right wing people. Yeah, but it's dude, to be a certain type of right wing person in today's climate is to be a conspiracy theorist. Like they go hand in hand. If you are right wing, you also believe the election was rigged. You also believe climate change is rigged. You also believe Obama wasn't born in America. You also believe masks, the vaccines are secretly blah, 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 blah. Like you literally can't be, and this isn't like far, far fringe right wing. This is like a huge percentage of right wing. You can't even be that without believing conspiracy theories. And this is why Faraz got accepted into the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get, it gets me riled up, man. And I'm trying not to get riled up Let's, because it just gets... It's too much. It's too much, man. I can't handle it anymore. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm writing less and less sociopolitical shit because I just don't think... I don't know. I'm losing hope well, in what can change anyone's well, mind. Everyone's hope, stuck. You, you know, you can't control the uncontrollable. Unless an act of God happens or, like, not to get, like, religious, but, um, you know, there's a mosque next door. You I didn't. That? You do or don't? I didn't. Just crack a few beers, head over? Or? Yeah. <laughs> Make some salat. <laughs> fucking walk in. Hey. You walk in. No, I was telling the jam and the band guys, just bust a hole through that wall right there. And yeah. It literally will go right to into the probably the prayer room. Jesus. No, no. A lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, let's yeah, get yeah. back on track with your yeah. career. So the CIA works out, doesn't work out. You go into stand-up. I go into stand-up because I... Fall, s- you fall in love with stand-up and you're like, all right, this is my jam. I'm just going to... Yeah, because I've been doing it since I was 19. I, I, like I said, I double majored in theater. I did all that stuff. And that was always for me and my passion. And then law school stuff was like, this could be cool and kind of like follow my dad's footsteps, you know? Um, and then uh, I'm three months into really hitting the pavement and I get the call from CIA. Like, you're in. This is your you're hired. I'm a cool. You're like, you know, too bad. I got a type five at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I got, I got, I got a guy who's gonna give me pay me in chicken nuggets for if I do eight minutes at this fucking bar in Temecula. So um, I really got a lot going on here, dude. I don't know. My career is on fire right now. Yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. I just got paid in a <coughs> fucking one one light. I got paid in one light beer at this dive bar where someone. <laughs> yelled racial slurs at me. Uh, but uh, See, thanks for the offer. You said no. I said no. Yeah, you know, actually, like. Yeah, I said no, basically, and uh, they're like, "Well, we'll keep your file open for a bit if you change your mind." And I was like, "That sounds creepy." You didn't tell them why you. You didn't tell them why you said no. You just said. I'm, I told them that I forgot to tell them that I smoked weed in Amsterdam once. Um, that was your out. That was yeah, your exit. Because I just kind of wanted to maybe keep it open too. Oh. So I was like, and I knew that if he, if I smoked weed in a different country, it wouldn't be illegal. You know, I thought this out. So anyway, they're like. He said, he's like, ah, this happens a lot. Don't worry. And he's like, just drink a bunch of apple cider vinegar and water and it'll go away in three days. You know, what's crazy is you could smoke. If you smoke weed, all you need is one year to go by and you can still like join a join something like the CIA. But if you smoked weed, you um, it's more strict to be in like the FBI or the police or something like you have need less time to go by for to be in the CIA than to be in like the the CIA is. You know, something like that. I'm something not like that. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so stand up. So, I so go, fast forward. Right. You're, you're, so then I'm like, you're now knee I'm like, deep into stand up. That's kind of you moved to knee LA. deep in stand up. Couldn't find a job doing anything else. So keep this. Look at this. I got into law school. I got into CIA. I can't get. I got rejected from working in a fucking sandwich shop. I couldn't get a job anywhere. This is 2010, peak of the recession. Can't get a job in the sandwich shop. Ooh, <laughs> sandwich, ooh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> got rejected so from the sandwich scary. shop. I rejected uh, from the sandwich. So I got recertified as a personal trainer. Started training at LA Fitness, comedy at night, sleeping five hours a night. You know, train. And, and that's uh, that's kind of how we reengaged. We met at the Comedy Palace, and then I moved to LA, training at Crunch, going on the road with you. But I but we, re- we reconnected where in LA. Was it the comedy store, maybe? Or? I think I hit you up to even get some road dates with you before I officially moved. Right. Because I think I think kind of having that and having your sort of, you having my backup here gave me a little bit of confidence to be like, okay, I got somebody up there who might like vouch for me here or there. Yeah. Or like, I got, I felt like I had some sort of something beyond San Diego. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was touring a little bit more than I am now back then. Yeah. And, and we were, it was fun to go on the road Hell with yeah, you. Hell yeah, so we, fun. We had, we had crazy ass, yeah, we had a lot of crazy gigs. La Jolla, we did La Jolla a lot. We did like Santa, we did a couple of gigs. Like I, I can't remember. What, did we do uh, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Rooster Tea Feathers? Maybe? Rooster Tea Feathers. Rooster Tea yeah. Feathers. Yeah, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Um, I don't know if there's. What did we do in Vegas? We did the, the Tropicana, the factory. That's right. We did the factory. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And then uh, Pitts. What was Pittsburgh? Um, I don't think we did Pittsburgh together. I would have remembered that. No, we did Pittsburgh because we went. We went with Mike and we saw, we stayed with Mike and uh, we either visited uh, Mike improv? and Kendall. Yeah, the Improv in Pittsburgh back mm. then. Um, I feel, I feel like we did. It was a long time ago though. But anyway, so we're doing those. I got, I got a college agent too at the time. So I started headlining college shows. I was middling with you. I was trying to get in at the store, this and that, everywhere else. You we know, lived together for a minute too. Raz was my roommate for like a couple years, wasn't it? Yeah, two. So we got lucky there, like two solid my years. My friend Jason Teague, who's an architect developer, <clears throat> bought this little like bungalow rack shack, like teardown right in Venice, about a hundred feet from the sand. Mm. Right there on like, uh, was it Washington and Pacific? Yeah, right there, Washington. Twenty sixth. We counted the steps from the beach. It was a hundred. It was like less than a hundred steps. It was a hundred steps from the beach, and it, it, it wasn't a great place. It was very old. It was Probably, awesome. It was built like in the nineteen twenties. It was two story, four bedroom, um, little like front yard kind of patio. Remember, it was a, it was a walk street. It wasn't a yeah. sidewalk. It wasn't a street. It street. was next door to the where they had the real world. The real world. Dorothy. The real world house. Dorothy Mountain. Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. The real world house was next door to where we The first lived. real world house. In Venice, yeah. In Venice Beach. It was right next door and our, our neighbor, Dorothy Mountain. Excuse me, I got the burps. <laughs> um, so we used to do like a lot of, well, I wasn't drinking at the time because I, I went through a weird yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. But we were working out every morning. I was smoking weed, but I wasn't drinking. That was rad. Yeah, we're just we're living at the beach. the beach, boxing, taking runs. Remember our little morning runs? Yeah, dude. That 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 period was, was magic. Uh, wasn't it, it was magical, and it really taught me. It really taught me the importance of getting outside and go outside to play. Yeah. Like being out in the sun and being active. We were doing a lot. We were. Remember we yeah. do our hashtag lifestyle weekends. Yeah, dude. There's nothing. Barbecues, volleyball. Fucking boxing, body surfing, running. Like we were everything we were outside just, all the time. Just casual bromance sunsets. Like you just be in the house. It's like you're like just smoking a bowl, watching someone Netflix, and you're like, it's five thirty, you wanna like go watch going, sunset yeah. on the beach? Yeah. We, we just go walk, walk out. out there barefoot and just watch the sunset. Yeah. And everybody in our block for the most part was was cool. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I taught myself to skateboard. I was like, you know what? I'm on the beach. <laughs> I was fucking like twenty six years old. Remember I never we'd skateboarded. Go, we'd go to those little restaurants behind us. Yeah, that was awesome. What, that was, was it, what was that place called? The Brazilian place? Not Brazilian. There was a CNO Trattoria. CNO. We never ate there, though. What was the other place across There's the a place street? you the really Peru- liked. The Peruvian place. I know what you're talking about. Oh, the Italian place was With the dates? One. Yeah. With the pitted, with the, with the olive, olive the dates. Martini. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. Can't and remember. then Nick's Liquor Store uh, was right behind us, which I used to, I used to spend 
like thousands of dollars a month in that fucking place. Not on booze. It'd be like toilet paper and bread. Because everything was so overpriced. It was well, right, it was on right the beach. there. Yeah. It was so overpriced, but it was like right there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk over there and get it. Because that's the thing about living at the beach is it's, it's amazing. But I think by the, after two years of dealing with that traffic just to get in and out of your driveway, you yeah. like never want to leave. That's the point is like and I never wanted to try to drive to Ralph's because yeah. it was just too much. It kind of comes a pain in the ass after a while. It was a pain in the ass. You're like, so I'm, I'm like, ready oh, to. You know what? I'll go spend fucking $15 on eggs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I got kicked out of that uh, liquor store. <laughs> you don't I got, know I didn't kick, I got banned, actually. <laughs> I talked about it on this podcast. Yeah. With, Victor Ortiz came on this podcast recently. <laughs> cool, man. That guy's a and, uh, We talked about that, how, how I got banned from Nick's liquor store in Venice. <laughs> so fuck you, Nick. <laughs> fuck you. No, it wasn't Nick. Yeah. It was the guy who, anyway. We anyway, we don't got to get into all that. But anyway, what were we were talking about when I... We're the, like, we're living together. We're doing our lifestyle. And, yeah. then, and then you... Uh, the, the house ended up getting sold. Mm-hmm. We went separate ways. We always stayed in touch. We've always been great friends and brothers, but um, we kind of went our separate ways. And then you went on and started writing. Yeah, so I got into the CBS Diversity Showcase. Talk about that, because a lot of people that are watching this podcast who want to be comics or staff writers yeah. don't know the process. So I've gotten to a couple of like these diversity showcase type things. <laughs> and you know, there's other showcases too if you're not diverse and other things you can apply for, which is a big way to get you know, moving in your career because you can't just sit around and wait for agents or managers or to do shit for you, you know? So anyway, I, I did the CBS showcase, got into that by doing a bunch of characters and acting. That was all acting, but we were also writing sketches. And that got me my first, like, really good agents and stuff, you know? And um, a couple of years there, got some cool auditions, booked a couple of things, didn't book enough things. And then I got dropped by, my agents left, actually. The ones who had brought me on, they went elsewhere. Right. And I wasn't, like, they went to big, bigger, like, huge agents, like ICM and stuff. And I wasn't big enough to go to ICM. Yep. And the people I was left with at this agency, they were like, no one here is really that crazy about you. you right. know, you You're were not generating of, enough ex- income for the agency. Yeah, so, I know, I've been there. Bye. And I'm like, bye. all right, fuck. So then I was like, what the fuck do I do now? All right, let's just, let's organize a stand-up tour. I got no audition. So then I did the huge stand-up tour, and I shot a short film. Um, with Helen, and we had Bobby Lee in it, and we went to JFL. Helen Hong. Yeah, and so at JFL, I got signed by new agents and stuff, and then I was, like, directing short videos and focusing on writing more, and then I soon afterwards got new agents, and then I got into the Disney writing program, which is, like, one of the best TV writing programs in the world. So, like, you get paid, you're on salary, and then you also, they, they introduce you to a bunch of showrunners, and they get your writing tighter and stuff. So from there, I got staffed on an ABC comedy called American Housewife. And housewife, that's what it's called, Wolf. I said, I said American family earlier. Nobody, you know what I've learned that this, this fucking I keep credit. saying family, American housewife. Nobody can get the credit right. Every time I ask a comic, I, know, I never, I know. I, I'm sorry, I fuck it up. No, it's okay. It's okay. When I, when I, when I'm going on stage is when I care because you know what they say? They, they, you know what people say sometimes? They're like, he, he writes for real housewives. And I'm like, <laughs> don't say I write for real fucking housewives. That's Who's like an, on that show? Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Was she the star of the Katie show? Katie Mixon. She wasn't because it, it's been five seasons so her her acting career she kind of blossomed and boomed in the midst of during that. it right yeah i, I remember so that. she you Who know she, she became bigger than the role katie mixon katie mixon is in a lot of stuff so she was uh the romantic interest in like eastbound and down she's mm. been in a, a ton of shows what about the dude wasn't he like from fresh Diedrich, off the boat Dedrick bader he was from drew carey show uh, okay and yeah. uh in office my favorite role he ever did was a tiny role in office space office right space. he goes right. you know when yeah, he goes yeah, yeah. oh yeah man <laughs> 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 it's, the, it's the breast exams. You know what I do with a million dollars, man? Two chicks, two chicks at the same time. So he killed it. He was really cool. Um, yeah, it was really good cast, and and um, 
the little girl in it, she was in a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She was that she had that scene stealing role, Leonardo DiCaprio. So her oh, career, yeah. her career is booming. She's take she's in a bunch of movies coming up. Um, How was that it, experience with you? There's Joe Prano. What's up, bud? Yep, yep. It was cool. It was really great. It was it was perfect. And also COVID hit right then, and all my, all my dates got canceled. I'm sure for a lot of comics, we lost like twenty thousand dollars worth of work went up like that gone. And I was like, what the fuck am I gonna do for money? My answer, what am I gonna do? And then next thing I know. Disney program, staffed on this show. And those are the moments where you're like, maybe there is someone up there looking out for me. So, yeah. you know, I was writing on this show and it went really well. And I got, I first, you know, they said there might not be an episode available for you because the main goal is you want to be able to not only impress your bosses and the rest of the staff, but you want to get your own episode so that you could say like, I wrote an episode. Which of TV, you did. Which I did. Yeah. And at first they said there wouldn't be room for me. But by the end, last few, last month, they're like, hey, we're going to give you an episode, which to me showed that I... I impressed them that they changed their mind. You're like the Kurt you know? Warner of comics. <laughs> <laughs> he played that? arena football. He got drafted. No, no, you just, you just, you, you just yeah. never stop. And I just love that tenacity. Thanks, man. I, I definitely had to, you know, you, sometimes you got to accept that you're a journeyman, you know? Yeah. It's like I started when I was young and when you're 19 or 20, you're starting, you're hope to pop by the time you're 25, 26, 27, before 30, before you feel kind of old or whatever. I thought, I thought that. You know? From the, like day one, I'm 51 years old doing a fucking podcast. But you did fucking a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny? I, I talk about this. I, I I told people like, oh, I'm never gonna do a podcast, and then if I do it, I'll do it when I'm 50. Yeah, I said that when I was 40. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was 50, I called up Jam in the Van. I'm like, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the podcast is a new show. There's a new TV show, though, man. But you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you did Tonight's Show. You got a Comedy Central thing. You did a thing with Vince Vaughn. Like, you tour, you got a, you've been on a TV show, you know? And for me, it's kind of like... Let me, let me pick up those credits you just dropped. There they are. Thank you so there much. they are. No, that's really, you got to own that. And, and, no, I did. And, and you do. And that, you did dope shit, you know? And, and it's, it's about evolving and... Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've seen I've seen that in this town too. You know, I'm tons with a bunch of a bunch of uh, veteran comics and stuff that that it's ebbs and flows. That's the business, yeah. you know. But for me, it's kind of been a it's it's a, it's going up, but I haven't had a lot of straight up peaks. Like I haven't been oh here's my half hour special, but it's like it's constantly moving in the right direction, yeah, you, you, making time, a living. Your time's you know, coming. your time's coming because everybody gets their shot. And Thanks. If, as long as you're prepared, I, I don't think you've gotten your shot yet. Yeah, I also whether it's given to you or you cre have created it, but it's it's you're right there around the corner. Right Thanks, here. man. No, I feel that too. I feel like it's it's all moving and it's all going, and you have to just accept juju, and you have to accept that if that's the path, as long as you're happy with what you're doing and it's moving the right direction and I'm making a good living doing what I'm doing, it's cool. You know, you don't got to be, and then you give up on the dream of like, oh, I want to be a, I want to host. I never this was never the dream, but like be young enough to host TRL or like you know what mm -hmm. I mean, be a be 28 and have like a college sitcom or something. But right. it's it's fine when those are gone and you realize like, okay, I'm still doing creative stuff. What's the next goal? The main thing is you can never you can never stop moving the needle in the direction you want it to go. Exactly. You know, and creating your own shit and just believing it's gonna happen and, and getting better and better at whatever you're working on, you know? Like I was good enough at screenwriting to get into the the writing program for Disney. And Disney, of course, people don't realize it's not like I was writing for Disney Channel. It's like they own ABC, Hulu, Freeform, yeah. FX, uh, you know. Disney Plus. So, but since then, it's like, okay, so if this is a new avenue I'm getting some heat on and I'm getting a lot of opportunities at, I need to buckle down and like really master this craft, you know? So since, since that time two years ago, I've written three more screenplays. I'm pitching a show right now. I've got like potential showrunners attached to it. I'm, I'm going out with that in mind and I'm trying to be better because I do spend a lot of plates 
and focusing my energy on serving one God at a time. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so I'm still doing stand-up, but I'm not chasing down, I'm not chasing down and ki- like kissing ass to go do random gigs on random nights at random clubs or random bars. Yeah, you hit- you're not doing you're not doing shows for chicken wings anymore. 100 percent You hit me up to do a gig, I'll do it. You pay me a good amount of money, I'll go out of town and I'll yeah. do it. I do go and do a, you know, college gigs, pay fucking a lot of money, corporate gigs pay a lot. But other than that, if I'm in town, I'm really just trying to focus on what I'm writing and what I'm trying to sell. You well, know? You've definitely been one of the most or more prolific, uh, you know, artists that I've ever met. Thanks. <laughs> you're just always writing, editing, shooting stuff, getting on stage. Like you're, you're just always your hustle's really strong. Um, that being said, what's up next for you? Mm-hmm. And then let's end it with your best Hollywood tale. All right. Well, yeah. Well, what's up next is like I said, I'm pitching a pitching a show right now based on some some life experiences that I'm yeah, really excited about. Us. I don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> uh, you know, and I think it's got some good momentum there. And you know, I'm just up to for having interviews to write on new shows and stuff like that too. And also thinking about shooting something. I have some people who want to like invest in me shooting like a comedy special of some sort. So trying to decide if I want to make it a solo thing or like a showcase special kind of thing. Mm. You know, just trying to. That's the thing. You could, there's so many things to target. You got to kind of figure out what do you have the energy and time yeah. for, and you have what to do zone you, in on one thing. And the older you get, you also realize just what the fuck do I want to do? Yeah. What sounds fun and fulfilling to me? So Are that's you auditioning for stuff? Yeah, I'm auditioning all the time. All the time. You're just getting rejected all the time. You know? on, on Zoom <laughs> or in person? Um, Zoom. I think I had my first. I had my first in-person audition like uh, last month mm. in a really long time. But yeah, auditions are happening. All that stuff's happening. You know, and just trying to allocate the research. Focusing on the the internet presence, which is the new thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, growing my TikTok following. Got a lot of followers on there now. So just keeping, uh, have a whole slew of uh, content I'm going to be shooting soon. And just like you're doing with the podcast, shelving it, releasing it. So just creating a library of content. Just doing that and finding the time and energy to do it while also trying to focus on my health and, you know, being happy with other things outside of life than just what's, the What's the five, six year plan by the time you hit 40? Where do, where do you see yourself? Uh, I'm going to be running a show that I also have a small role in, but I don't need to be the star of because that'd okay. be too hard. So I'll be show running, acting you guys show. that? He's going to yeah. go behind the camera. Yeah. <laughs> he- head writing, show running, directing an episode or two of the season, and having a small role in it. Because I think if you try too hard to be a lead yes. in a thing that you also are show running or directing, something's going to suffer. Sure. You know what I mean? I agree with you. Um, and I don't really have the draw like I don't need to be the star of anything but I enjoy acting and I'd like to do some more um, but I love directing and writing the most probably along with stand-up are marriage um, and kids in the card in the uh, future um marriage maybe kids probably not <laughs> I don't I mean I <laughs> you know no I'm laughing because yeah. I my that for me that ship sailed like yeah I, I don't have any interest yeah in kids whatsoever I love kids I love all my friends kids my my nephews and nieces yeah but when I see Kids melting down like at the mall and shit. Yeah. And parents are like, Tommy, you better stop it. I'm not going to give you. I will grab my kid and like and end up in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah. Dude, for me, it's when I'm boarding planes and I just see like. They should a have a section a for children on planes. 100%. I just I keep saying that. And Pex- Why don't they just board off the back of the plane? And plexiglass. And all the kids them. and plexiglass and yeah. soundproof it like a podcast studio. 100%. Yeah. And all the moms or dads or and both. They just sit m- with the fucking. Just marinate in your noise together. And and urine. Yeah. They smell of urine and poop Bro, and yelling. This is, the visual, this is the visual that I always, the best birth control for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's. 
when I see the dad walking on the plane with the mom and the dad's holding the stroller and the other thing and the mom's holding it, their hair's all disheveled. They got yeah. one kid in the hand and another and two kids are pulling no, on them and crying. And, I, ah, and the dad looks fucking 90 when he's 28. No, thank and you. And he just looks miserable. And I'm just like, no, good God, this looks like a lot, bro. And I, I think our journeys are so taxing and tough and we're kind of forced to be selfish, not in a negative way, but look out for, it's such a in self-intensive journey to get any headway with what we're doing and what we're so passionate about that it's just having all of that extra stuff isn't calling me to me enough to add that to my fucking plate. Well, everyone's like, you, know? you need to have children so you can leave a legacy. The, the world's going to end in like five, 10 years. So yeah. I hate to be a fucking downer, but yeah, I don't like need, all the signs are here. Like yeah, it's I don't not going to last, you know, I don't need five. some kid crying next to me when fucking the next nuke is going off. You yeah, know what I mean? I see I asteroids want, coming yeah, down yeah. from the fucking I just want to die in peace. Man. I just want to <laughs> shake my kid and go, wake up and look at the goddamn asteroid. Yeah. I don't need to. I don't need to lie to a child when we're all about to die. Everything's gonna be fine. Right. I just want to be like, yeah, we're all about to die. Yeah, right we're about now. to die. This is happening. Hollywood tale. Tell us your best, funniest, darkest, most peculiar Hollywood tale. That's how we end the podcast. Jesus, man. Which I know one you probably have a lot. I know. It, it, it could have been at like at a party, uh, something you worked on, like something celebrity driven or Hollywood. How about this? Something oriented. that just something that just occurred after a comedy club night. You know what I mean? And this wasn't in L.A., but it's on the road. Sure. So it's a Hollywood adjacent tale, I think. Okay. It, yeah. Uh, Better sit back with this one, Wolf. We, uh, I was at the I was at the Pittsburgh Improv, and I'm staying with our friends Mike and Kendall there. Yep. Uh, shout out, awesome people. Shout out, Mike and Kendall. And then um, we do a show, and I have a, a really great set. And then we're we're hanging out afterwards, and these like four or five, like, sexy girls are like, just making a lot of ruckus and being in the thing and hovering around the merch table. And I'm just like, and they're like talking, and I'm not even thinking like, oh, what can I do? I'm always just about the, I'm always just like, maybe I can sell a couple of my shitty wristbands, <laughs> you <Right>. know. <laughs> <laughs> help pay for this fucking plane flight and then you know they're like oh what are you doing after this blah 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 and i'm like i don't know you know we might go party this and that you guys want to go do this and that and they're like well, we were going to go to the go to the strip go to the strip club and i was like why do y'all want to go to the strip club be like you know just go by see our girls and then i'm like oh is that where you guys like work and they're like yeah so they're like four strippers right and one of them's like well they were they work for me so she, she was one of the women is like older you could tell she like used to be a stripper and then she She's like, like the, the madam or the manager yeah or some shit. it's kind of like when a when a comic gets older and opens a club in fucking pittsburgh or something you know <laughs> and so she opened her own club right and then she's like you want to come what was it called i don't remember i don't remember and then and i'm not a strip club person by any i'm really not and so she's like do you want to come blah blah and i was like oh, i'm not sure i'm like a strip club guy you guys want to go to like another bar or something and then she's like just come anything you want's on me and i was like, like fuck it let's go i was like i'm a strip club guy tonight you know <laughs> and so we go to the strip club we're walking around it's fucking a strip club you know what i mean it's all cool and weird and blah 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 and i'm just like damn it's crazy so i'm sitting down and it was the first time I can't think of another situation unless you're like insanely famous where like as a guy you're getting like royal treatment in a strip club. You know what I mean? And this is the beauty of comedy is like I'm not famous. I wasn't famous at the time, but I did a good enough set that night that created some illusion that I was worth having around and treating to this. Maybe it just I made them laugh so much they wanted to. Maybe they like me as a person. I don't know. So anyway, I'm sitting down, I'm getting free beers. I'm hanging out, blah, blah, blah. And then she, she gets one of the girls from the club and she's like, why don't you show them around and, you know, tell the girls he's with me and 
you know, whatever he wants is on the house. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know if are you allowed to have sex with strippers. Like, I'm really not a strip club guy. You touch the boobies, what do you do? You know what I mean? In any case, I'm walking around, and we're looking at the girls, and the girl's like, so what do you like? You know what I mean? And I'm like, whatever. And I'm being all fucking, like, shy about it. Uh, and then and then I'm like, you know, this girl's already at the comedy club, and I, I just don't want to, like, pay. Even if I'm not paying for it, I don't want paid for fake intimacy. That's just not my thing. So then I just start, you know, chatting with a girl that's showing me around who was at the show. So I'm like, my type is like you, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I would like to just like, how about you just, we just go hang out and get to know you better or whatever, you know? So I end up taking her back. I'm staying with Mike and Kendall in their guest room. It's three in the morning. I have a flight back to LA at six in the morning. Uh, I take her back to their place and I just have way too loud sex with the stripper <laughs> in Mike and Kendall's in Mike and Kendall's uh, guest house, guest room all night. I get done. I'm literally watching the clock for when I have to be in the boarding, when I have to be boarding my plane. And I'm just like, here, you can like, you know, I'm trying to be nice, but I'm like, you can clean up and, you know, chill, make yourself at home. But like, I kind of have to leave and probably makes sense if you're not here when my friends wake up, you know? So I just like... You like half kicked her out. Yeah, like half kicked her out slash half left the stripper in their place, <laughs> run down, clean up, jump, just jump in a cab, get to the airport, no sleep, get on a cab, get back to fucking LA. And this was at a point where I'm still trading. And like by the time I land, like five hours later, no sleep on personal training clients at crunch. It's just like, that's the dichotomy of that middle of your Hollywood journey. You know what I mean? Where you can be feeling like a star in another town, royal treatment at some cool fucking strip club. Taking strippers home. And then you get back and you're training some fucking difficult diva. <laughs> who's like yelling at you because they don't think they need to do another set of crunches. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just like, fuck, how much longer can I juggle these two lifestyles? Any, any quick, uh, that's a great Hollywood tale. Any quick um, celebrity tales? Hmm. Like, like under three minute story. Damn, son. I mean, aside from me. Aside from you. Yeah, <laughs> aside from you. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, you've you've interacted with some like famous people in Hollywood. I have, any, I any have weird, funny stories that you can re you recall, or you know, I think I can't really recall anything that's worth recounting other than just just getting annihilated with like a lot of different famous people. But one of the most memorable ones was with, uh, with Nick Swardson, who uh, can drink a lot. He's sober now. Good, good for him. I and saw I him recently. He doesn't drink right now because he. He's just not drinking. Good, because his face looks like it drank all the alcohol all in right. the country. I think the stripper story, we should end <laughs> on <laughs> Yeah. Yo, man. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on uh, our Hollywood Tales podcast. We do this uh, every week here from Jam in the Van, 3384 Motor Avenue. If you haven't been to this place, it's a cool multiplex with indoor-outdoor venues, podcast studio, awesome green room uh there's a little roll your own joint station upstairs um they serve alcohol here it's coincidentally an ex-rehab center i don't know if you know that i did not this place is an ex-rehab center welcome back <laughs> <laughs> located next to a mosque uh, i want to thank everybody here at jam in the van the whole staff uh jake trainer jake cutler uh dave bell the owners um jack higgins our creative director and wolf ramirez who you cannot see and I'm, I'm waiting to rig a camera for you, Wolf. Are you ready for that? I'm so ready. 
we need to just like put a little GoPro right there so we can cut to you like smirking or laughing or nodding your head or you know whatever. So Wolf Ramirez, thank you, bud. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Ahmed Ahmed Comedy A H M E D twice Comedy and Faraz Ozel on Instagram F E R A Z O Z E L and on TikTok at Ozel Comedy O Z E L. And we have some shows coming up at Sea Legs in Huntington Beach, uh, Ontario Improv in August. Got some shows in September October coming up in uh, Fort Lauderdale and I'm uh, oh, sorry Fort Worth and um, the Seattle Comedy Club and possibly some overseas dates. So stay tuned. Check my Instagram, Ahmed Ahmed Comedy. And we're out. Thank you. Peace.